stories, good decent stories. I mean, like I read myself and I'm just like, did I wrote that? Jesus. Did I wrote that? <laughs> Welcome to the AI Business Podcast. And joining me as always, the man who's really well connected in the EU. He's got all the inside scoop. He's our global editor of AI Business, Max Molex. Hello there. On the other side is the man who's proud of his German heritage. I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> Sebastian Moss, the deputy editor of uh, DCD. That makes me sound terrifying. Hello, everybody. That's how, that's why, how you always refer to yourself. So I think people should know that. <laughs> how are you guys doing? This is a brand new week. <laughs> I'm good. You know, stay away from the news. Not watching, you know, rising authoritarianism around the world. Staying positive. Yeah, no, what a week. You know, very, very different from the last week. Wow. <laughs> Very different. A lot has happened. So, you know, we're all on social media. Max, I really enjoy following you on Instagram. You just post your second photo, which is you in like a sunny field, um, sadly, by yourself. And I was asking where all your friends are, and I, I didn't get a real answer. So I don't know who took <laughs> that photo for you. It was, it was... That sounds so tragic. There were if you're out there and listening, please like Max's photos. Just like uh, someone has yeah, to. Please follow him. Just, yeah, be his friend. This will help him tremendously. Then I was reconnecting just, uh... with nature. This is what, what happens when you look vulnerable. And the next time I'll, I'm going to Photoshop a six pack and, 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 and some weights. Wait, is this Wait. the one where you're in the woods looking like a serial killer? No, that's not the one. <laughs> ah, okay, different. That, that is actually a very good picture. Okay, if you say, you say That's actually a very good picture? Hmm. <laughs> This is the fascinating thing with images is that I look at an image, I see serial killer. Max looks at an image, he thinks, what a beautiful man I am. Tian looks at it and just a single tear goes down the side of his eye. You know, images are contextual and even for humans, it's different. So for like a moderation system, it is even harder to know what an image is. You've, you've earned a title, the Segway Man on AI Business, and hopefully Max will dethrone you one day. But so far, you, you hold the throne. So, so continue. Right. So, yeah, so the, the segue is into a, a very well-written, wired article about Facebook's red team. So, you know, essentially, ideally, they just want their filters to filter out anything that Facebook doesn't want. Uh, for example, nudity in like Instagram. But humans are smarter than AI usually. So you just test it and people realize you put little grids or dots around and then the AI can't see the skin beneath because it's like skin has to be this constant piece of flesh for it to be counted as nudity. So if there's dots in the way, it doesn't think it's nudity. Um, so Facebook's like, how do we deal with this? So they created their own Facebook, for, you know, just a virtual Facebook on the side where they could test things out. So they test out their AI and they have a red team who is essentially their goal is be the bad people or be the like fun people trying to make Facebook more enjoyable and break the system. Break it again and again and again. How many times can you break it? And then the other team can come in and go, okay, how do we fix it? I guess it's also worth pointing out this is something that Facebook is very much there. It seems like they're very into it themselves. Uh, they try to get ahead and say, we're going to create this. And so they put a lot of money and resources into this kind of internal testing, right? They're running competition and all kinds of stuff to make sure that uh, they're kind of foreseeing all the possibilities of hackers or people taking advantage of, of their AI alg algorithm in the future. I think Facebook's very aware that like it, it's two big threats are like just being boring and, and no longer appealing to kids and becoming too toxic an environment that people just don't see the value in, in logging in and checking it. So you get that like dopamine hit of likes or, you know, getting sad about that your friends have better lives than you. But 
Well, I think that's that, already happening. Yeah, yes, that's already happened, yeah. but that kind of levels out. People are fine with that. But if it just gets more yeah. and more toxic, uh, more and more aggressive, more and more horrible, there's a big chance that people will, will sign off and stop using it. Uh, and also, more crucially for them, advertisers don't want their adverts next to like nudity or uh, graphic content or whatever. So they're very, very conscious of that. They want to stop that. They're trying to use AI. But boy, humans are creative. Um, but they they promised everyone that these problems are solvable with AI, right? They're just like around a year ago, Mark Zuckerberg was there in front of the sort of like uh, uh, sort of like Senate committee, and 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 he was saying that it's just like um, all of those problems will be solved by AI, and it's just like it came up again and again and again. So right now they're trying to deliver on those promises, and they're running into problems because yeah, people are being creative, content mutates, and it's just like uh People, people are being, I think, very imaginative in trying to smuggle in, for example, nudity, which is uh, interesting. Uh, it, it's interesting because you know, I'm very supportive of the little guy, and you know, you can just look what's happening in China with their censorship. Um, they've got you know a mixture of humans and AI and all kinds of systems, but the dissidents are using rhyming. They're using like poetic allusions to phrases and to events that are so obscure that like unless you're really, really thinking about it, you wouldn't catch it. Um, and stuff like that is great, but equally, you know, there are certain things that really should not be shared on Facebook and, and you do want that filtered out. So it, mm. it's a game of cat and mouse where, um, both sides have evil people and both sides have good, good people and good reasons. Um, but currently Facebook has to rely mainly on humans, not AI. Exactly. And why is that problematic? <laughs> because, uh, the, if you imagine like, You've probably seen some bad things on Facebook, but it's kind of filtered among all the other stuff. These people, uh, these poorly paid people, either in poor parts of America or in, in uh, like the Philippines, for example, um, essentially get the worst of the internet funneled in front of them every second. And they have like a, you know, 30 seconds to make a decision, ban, uh, leave, you know, escalate, whatever. Um, and then once they've made that decision, bam, the next image. And these are just, just horrendous images. It's not even just the worst of internet. It's just the worst of humanity. Like, yeah. um, and their job is to safeguard it, crash course day one and nonstop. Just when you think it's over, there's more. And there's a lot of complaints about, you know, The Verge did a really cool, really great report on that one, which is like the company sucks. Even there's one, not in the Philippines, there's one based in the States. Their company is always like, you're being ranked and rated by your performance every hour and pretty much everybody um a good portion of the people who just couldn't do their jobs anymore and have severe uh mental issues and in, in some sort of ptsd and they're seeing constantly and in that sense i guess facebook is, facebook is doing the the what's necessary to to avoid that what do you think i i think i mean the the issue is this is kind of especially now with where we're at with ai this is realistically a job that probably needs to be done for content systems platforms to work because people are always going to be trying to break into the problem is facebook and, and similar companies never built they never accepted this was a problem how do we make it best as possible for these people they outsourced it to to other companies so these guys aren't facebook employees it's like cognizant employees they pay them really low wages when you consider that they are going to have lasting damage um and then they give them like zero breaks zero counseling zero like mental health support because if they don't have to accept as a problem then they don't have to deal with it and they don't have to bear any of the consequences on their own so they just outsource it all shove it all um that that verge article that you talked about um great article casey newton 
It led to a settlement. Facebook had to pay $52 million in, in to these moderators. Uh, of course, for Facebook, that's like a half an hour. Um, and in, in reality, like most of those people ended up getting $1,000, which really isn't much for like long-term yeah. psychological damage. But it, it's better than nothing. And again, it's just because of solid reporting that people even aware about aware of this, even think about this, because it's such a background thing. We're so used to Facebook, Google, and so on, everything just being automated. And you don't really yeah. think that at the end of the day, there's some human that has to look at like horrible child abuse, yeah. animal abuse, or whatever, and make a decision about whether like that should be allowed on the platform. But yeah. it's an interesting conversation because it's a new, it's a very new problem, right? We don't have mechanisms to deal with it. It's even like even complaining about this. It's just like I'm traumatized because of the stuff I see on the internet for my job is 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 is, is a new one, right? So it's just like it's good that, that you know, like there was the settlement, and uh, yeah, it's a, it, it's a very great cause for, for for these algorithms. I don't know. I don't even think that money's it's enough for you to be. Doing like an ice white, not ice white shot, a clockwork orange, sitting on a clockwork orange chair, being forced to watch the worst of humanity. Like, is can money? I don't know. Like, if just having healthcare or, or proper um, retirement package is enough for, to justify that job. You know, there are some people to to give it full credit. There are some people who said, "Look, it was a job. I did it. It's fine." Right? Mm-hmm. It affects people in different ways. You know, some people are more empathetic. Some people like you know, literally seeing people get murdered in videos has a real effect on them. Other people, it doesn't. Like ideally, if they could do some kind of screening process and get the people that are more on the you know emotionally reduced spectrum, realistically, you you just just at least pay them decent wages. At least let them know what they're in for. Like there's there's a reason why they chose economically deprived areas because people are desperate and take any job. You know, people work at factories where they know there's a high uh, injury rate. People work at places where they know that they'll get lung damage. People have to take jobs. And it, we, we don't all get to choose jobs based on, like, what's good for us. Um, we, we do what, like, allows us to survive. Um, and then people, places like Facebook take advantage of that. Yeah, you sound like Margaret Thatcher just now. <laughs> Max, I thought you were saying something. No, I'm just thinking, well, that was depressing. <laughs> How about the positive story, Seb? So Facebook's not alone in, in this struggle. Like there, there's a there's a company or a part of a company called Jigsaw that not enough people pay attention to. And it's one of the many little alphabet spin-offs and Google like side project stuff with Google ideas. It's their think slash do tank uh, created by Eric Schmidt and Jared Cohen. And they were like, oh, we're, we're Google. We've got all the smart people. We can solve this, right? So, so Jigsaw created the perspective API. And they're like, we'll, we'll hook this up with New York Times, Guardian, Economist, Wikipedia, and it will be able to understand toxicity and it will give you a rating on comments. So say like this comment, you know, where it says all these racial slurs is 100% toxic. This comment where it just says like, oh, great article, 0% toxic. Um, and, and they did this big press event and they're like crowing about how great it is. First thing journalists do was type in like a few rude sentences and it was immediately wrong it immediately couldn't tell like any subtext any it's it's just so difficult because humans are creative they're even more creative when it comes to insults um (laughs) very 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 creative because i mean it's natural that like generationally you've you you know you end up using different phrases because you don't want your parents are essentially that filter that ai filter stopping you saying certain things so you do different slangs different ways of, of, of rhyming and insulting and so on. 
Um, it's a natural, we've evolved to be really good and creative at coming up with new ways of saying terrible things. Um, and it's going to be a long time before AI can catch up with that. And again, as we mentioned with one of the previous episodes, there's still kind of ghosts of the Urban Dictionary floating somewhere around <laughs> IBM's uh, Watson what? engine. Yeah, it's somewhere there in the electronic brain. So yeah, 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 it's definitely a challenge. And it's just like, on, damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? On, on, on one hand, you don't want to feed this bad stuff into the models. On the other hand, they just like some models absolutely need the bad stuff. So um, yeah, again, we will arrive to, to, we arrive to this idea that some AI just needs to be like, need to know the you know, like the the most horrible uh, offensive stuff, you know, like the darkest racism so it can protect us against it. <laughs> I mean, like, like I don't recommend anyone spends much time on 4chan or 8chan, but if you have, oh, gosh, where, like, yeah. the whole concept is no moderation, really, you know, everyone says what they can. Um, yeah. Oof. Oof. Terrible. Horrible. Which led to many horrific things in real life. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. We, we've too long kind of seen it as this separate world and gone like, oh, it's just the internet. So these people say terrible things, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like, like, the past four or so years, we've really seen that merging of, of these two, you know, cyberspace and physical space, um, where like terrible things said online lead to terrible incidents in the real world. It does make you wonder, like, would it would things would have been better without internet? Because there are people who are doing things because they know they're being seen. There are people live streaming their their crazy stuff because they're being seen, and you do wonder whether that's something that the world can do without. I think. I mean, the the problem is we always see the internet as a thing that like either happened or did not happen, right? Whereas instead, like what I would have preferred is a different version of the internet. Um, and there are people pushing for that kind of a decentralized. It, it's crazy that after all that freedom, the early days of the internet offered, it's just kind of consolidated to five or so companies that control most of the internet, most of its revenue streams, even the you know things that aren't specifically part of those mm-hmm. companies are fully just, they have to sign up and work with them. Traditional media, you know, I've had many problems, but at least people, you know, like struggle with these questions, you know, like just how much, you know, like of a terror act can you show on primetime news, you know, like, because on one hand, you need people to know. On the other hand, yeah, you don't want to sort of like one, traumatize people too. sometimes you don't want to give exposure to like terrorists or or serial killers or whatever, right? And it's just like, but there was an institution to deal with these questions and they were dealt with like at the highest, you know, levels. And it's just like, people really struggle. It's just like, can we show this? Can we not show this? The internet though, operates on traffic and likes and it's all automated and it's just like yeah it turns out like some of these so some some of the craziest stuff is also sort of like yeah it's, it's, it's a great tra- content and traffic generator And now something a little bit more positive and a lot more European. Uh, Enter St. George on a bike. St. George on a bike is an EU-funded project that will teach AI systems about European culture. And it's basically the most European thing ever. It's a it's a co- it's a cooperation between the Barcelona Supercomputing Center and European Foundation. Barcelona Supercomputing Center, some of you might know, because it operates Mare Nostrum, one of the uh, fastest and most beautiful uh, computers oh, so beautiful. in the world. Because it, it's just like yeah, it's based in an old cathedral, and it's 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 got this glass kind of enclosure, and, and and the whole thing is amazing. So those people. Um, now, what they set out to do is uh, train AI models in European culture, 
symbols, and historical context. Uh, so the idea is, after you teach the models, um, they can be used to annotate uh, lesser-known European art, for example, and it's just like stuff stuff hanging out, so like in the obscure galleries and, and hidden away in our archives, you know, like all this art that is generally, you could say, unindexed. As a European, I'm very aware of, like, go back in time and, and, and you'll find some skeletons. Um, and yeah, how, how does that work? Right? So it's like every country has different periods, which maybe you wouldn't want manifested in AI form. If it's Barcelona, does it, does it just recognize Catalan and not, not the Spanish <laughs> empire? Like, what is that? How does that work? Well, this is very interesting, exactly, because it needs to think in, in, in the exact slice of time of the art it's analyzing. It thinks in the... So it's a little bit like time travel. You have a system that think it's 17th century outside, right, with, with, all, the, with, with all, all the things that come with it, you know, like, it's just like, yeah, it, it, it's not going to know what cars are, but it's going to know a lot about horses and hunting dogs and, like, you, you know, like, different weapons and, and what exactly does a mink suggest, you know, in the language of, like, 17th century painting this is one of those times where i'm very glad that ai is mostly weak and not up to the hype because if they could actually create like a a crusader ai and then it just went on a crusade that would be terrible i don't imagine it to recognize me as a as you know or where i'm from that part of the world like i imagine i imagine they look at me like do you want some opium who are you yeah (laughs) But it, it's interesting because AI is usually used to understand and make sense of the real world, right? And these mm. these models will inhabit the realm of, of, of our sort of like common fantastical, you know, like the realm of poets, poetry and, 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 and art. And, and, and that's an, a very, very interesting application. And it's going to be... Uh, so basically, yeah, it, it's, it's a public sector project. So all of this, tons of information about it, you know, like you will be able to use um, the resulting model and um, yeah, to, to find out more about it, go to uh, bike.eu. I still don't get it. Like, what is the point? Like, is it so me as, as someone that's interested in a, a historical period can talk to it and go like, what was life like? And it tells me or like, no, what no, is the actual no, 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 value? basically so, so so let's say you have an old painting that it's just like it's just like nobody has really analyzed right and mm. you need to, to to quickly you know like pass it through an algorithm and find out you know like decode this painting find out what period it represents you know like what does it mean in terms of symbols you know like and, and it just generally what's on the painting so it will be able to deconstruct that painting based on a visual vocabulary of the period that it learned by ingesting a gazillion pictures from the period. Right. So it's called St. George on a bike, but he would not recognize St. George on a bike It would because he doesn't recognize a bike. It's hilarious, isn't so it? It would be St. George on a contraption. You know, as, as we move to more of a, a society where we're all interconnected and, and, you know, certain languages die and certain cultures die, it's nice to have those kind of in, in little bubbles, AI bubbles, mm-hmm. even if it's just a kind of small replica that doesn't right. quite, you know, pull it off. To quote Indiana Jones, that feels like this belongs in a museum where like, I don't want it to be in real life, but I want it to be in a museum where if I'm walking through various stuff, I can ask it question and not just give me like a set soundbite. Like, here's five things you need to know, you need to know about uh, the Starry Night, you know, but giving me different symbols. I guess you wouldn't even recognize the Starry Night. Van Gogh is too too modern for it, right? Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's too it's 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 too recent for it to be necessary. 
It needs to have a dragon or a cross or like a baby or baby Jesus in it, dude. Yeah. Absolutely. No, no, no. Because, you know, painting used to be for the rich and painting used to be sort of like rich and symbols. And then just like, yeah, yeah if you look at somebody like Rembrandt, that's essentially, yeah, those are those are rich cultural texts and understanding the richness of this text, you know, like that would be quite interesting. Besides, I think, you know, like they say, you know, like history is, is, is written by the victor. Art history is probably written by the critic. But like this idea that it's just like we're, we're addressing lesser known works of art, you know, like it, it's not just Starry Night that's that's there in popular culture. It's obscure stuff that you've never heard about that's going to see the light of day. And then uh, you can use it to analyze, for example, events reflected in cultural artifacts. So how many paintings were there really with dragons? You know, like how many, how many... <laughs> A question I never find myself asking. <laughs> it's it's a pocket pocket art critic from the past. Yeah, right. So so Facebook, the probably trillion dollar company or soon to be trillion dollar company, can't work out what nudity is, but this small government project will at least be able to tell you if that painting uses like cerulean blue or uh, stormtrooper blue. I don't know what the other blues are. Tar Hill. <laughs> Tar Hill blue. No, I think it's cool. But the only thing I'm thinking of is um, I, had a, I had a long layover and I, and I was I had to buy a book and I bought the Robert Landon book, which is a Dan Brown book, The Origin. Well, again, it's Tom Hanks being Robert Landon. Mm. So his character is boring. The story is whatever. The story began in Bilbao. It's northern Spain in, in the Guggenheim. Mm. And immediately when he walked in, Robert Landon is talking to this assistant who knows all about symbolism. You know, it's Robert Landon. So um and you know, midway through, he realized he was not talking to a human. He was talking to an AI. And this AI has British accent. And very, it's like a gentleman. And he's just, it even has, has a sense of humor. Um, so I think that's the fascinating part of the story. And, th- and that the, the, the book Origins very much, this is not a plug for the book. The book is actually not that great. It's actually kind of disappointing at the end. But it's very much about symbolism and, and AI and how technology integrated into like our life but it has nonetheless it's an interesting idea to go through a museum with a thing where it's just giving you all the story you need and while being alive so i thought that that's that's the part that's fascinating you don't have to walk through a certain area for it to activate it just knows where you are and, and it, it can have a dialogue with you when you stroll around the museum that's where i see this way end up ibm is doing that in poland there's actually we have a story about this but there was a polish exhibit where they an ai sort of like uh, agent was trained on a bunch of sort of like information basically everything about the painting so could we discuss a single sort of like painting but in at length you know like including sort of like when why who, who and you could just like chat that it was watson based so to, to, to a point mm-hmm. this is already happening but in order to make that happen you obviously need to lug around headphones and a and a speaking machine and as generally and 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 and, and it has a little screen and is and, and and the pictures we got for that story were a little bit um dystopian because it like it, it, it had to that picture a bunch of people in the gallery all looking at the tiny screens I mean, it, it still begs the question is like, it seems like a lot of work that instead could just be like the museum curator just recording a little snippet saying, like, this painting was made then and means this. How many dragons, though? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I prefer that AI than the AI that's being exposed to all the terrible Facebook things, right? That one's like the, the AI that has seen stuff, right? And, and, spends nights at the bars trying to drink away his pain whereas this is the one that drinks like fancy red wine and pontificates about you know their favorite bible verse who do you want to have a drink in the bar with oh yeah the guy who's singing yeah who, who's singing it all <laughs> yeah who's gonna quote you how many dragons is in, is in his pantheon <laughs> i think this is where it's different i would go for the wine guy
Alright, let, let us know. Comment. Send us send Max an email. Just say wine guy or uh, barman. Wine guy's music guy. He, he knows his cheeses. Right. He, he, he um, knows he's got a special cellar. Yeah. Uh, he's a little bit controlled. old school, you know, sexist, but just a little bit. Yeah. And then there's like Captain Jack Daniels uh, who just can't sleep. Yeah, so on that night, lighthearted news, we're about to go to the weather. Um, so <laughs> this, this is your, uh, this is a wrap. Where can people find you guys online? Find me in the British Museum, staring at old paintings and old sculptures and wondering what terrible things an AI from the past that would have been involved in stealing it would have said. It's probably not far from an actual British person, yeah, I must say. Yeah. We, have, we have no regret, <laughs> no remorse. And Max, you're, you're in Tay Martin, right? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Tate Modern usually works just just five minutes away. Like literally, yeah. Well, usually when I take my smoking break, I can see some installations. You know, like had that big fountainy thing made out of pipes for ages. That was pretty pretty zen. You know, that was great. Um, but we don't go to the office anymore, so you can find me stuck at home in Northeast London, and also online on Twitter, Max Smolax, or on arbusiness.com. Great, and you can find me online at Tianshifu, but. Don't look for me. Why would you do that? <laughs> We're also like super active on LinkedIn. So yeah, you know, get in touch. Um, send us views, reviews, requests, uh, love letters. Uh, Hate mail. Letters. 